Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle and thank you for joining us at www.sonic-cinema.com. Before we get started, I'd like to uh, invite you to join the Sonic Cinema Patreon at patreon.com. Just search Sonic Cinema and you'll find us. There, the uh, first reward for patrons who pledge $3 and over is already online with many more uh, coming down the pike, uh, which include commentaries from the yahoos with a microphone that you've never heard before, as well as um, excerpts from the book that I'm writing, uh, Why is the Rabbit Wearing Sunglasses? A Lifetime Through Movies. So you can find that at www.patreon.com. Just search Sonic Cinema and Brian Scuttle and you'll find me. Today, uh, I'm pleased to uh, finally be able to bring on to the podcast uh, Jacob Belinsky. He's a writer and director that I've been uh, going back and forth with uh, bringing to the uh, podcast for an interview for a while now. He has uh, gone back and forth through between uh, short films and feature films. His most recent is Three Terrors of Bloodstained on Bloodstained Flesh, which is a uh, feature that you can find. And then um, his previous feature was Shade of Grey. And then his two shorts, which I've seen, are Foxy McDonough versus The Black Death and Obsolescence. So we're going to probably touch on all of those topics, uh, the films they inspire, is inspired by, and uh, just uh, filmmaking in general. So please welcome to the podcast, Jacob Belinsky. Today I'm pleased to be joined by uh, Jacob Belinsky. He is a writer and director who sent me a few of his films over the past few years, a couple of shorts, a couple of feature films, and really excited to uh, talk to him. He, he's got a very interesting uh, style that he's worked in as far as his, uh, his films have gone, so I'm really looking forward to uh, asking him a few questions. Jacob, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. Okay, so the the first the first question I kind of ask every uh, filmmaker is probably one of the more basic ones. I'm sure it's one you've heard many times before. Is uh, what inspired to get what inspired you to go into filmmaking? Well, um, I've I've kind of always had this uh, weird obsession with uh, movies. I, I when I was a kid, I. I always referred to myself as an indoor kid. Everyone else was wanting to go outside and play sports. And I was like, let's go inside and watch Die Hard. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I, I don't know. And I, I just always found myself getting, getting lost in, in the stories. There, there was something magical. I know it sounds kind of cliche just about seeing uh, this, uh, these other worlds come to life on, you know, the TV screen in my living room or, you know, the, the screen in the theater. Uh, I, it just always uh, fascinated me a little bit more than normal life. Um, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it's uh, finding an affinity for escapism or whatnot. But I, I remember uh, just always kind of the, that art form spoke to me. Um, I, I used to want to be, uh, I always had a thing like when I grew up, I wanted to be a comic book artist or an animator, uh, but I never really had the patience for yeah. for that um but you know like the idea of like storytelling in visual form uh, mm -hmm. just always interested me and uh i remember it was senior year of high school uh we had this uh well, there was this class that i was in it was like a sort of an advanced placement english class 
and we had to uh, create a final project that would just expand on anything that we studied earlier in the year. And I had fallen into this obsession with Shakespeare and specifically Hamlet uh, as a story. And I thought, cool, I want to try to make a film out of that. So naively, I was like, let's make a 15-minute modern version of Hamlet with me and my friends who can't act. And uh, <laughs> it was it was terrible, but in my mind, it was cool. And I replaced all the swords with guns. And, you know, I kind of got in a little bit of trouble because we were high school kids doing gunfights. And this was right. like right before Colum Columbine happened. So I kind of stirred a little... <laughs> crap at my school with that and they were like you can't do that again i'm like okay um but uh you know like i said i said it's like nine inch nails and just everything that i was into at the time and i was like i was like this is great it's crap it's terrible it's buried <laughs> on a vhs and you'll never ever see it but uh but it kind of got this like standing ovation from from the class and i was the I mean, I always talked in class. I was kind of disruptive, you know, like, you know, report cards that I always had that talk successively. So I was kind of uh, doing my own thing in the corner, but I was also kind of at the same time, the quiet, shy kid that just sort of like drew in the back of the class. And like, I had my tiny circle of friends, but not like broad, you know, I wasn't like into, you know, you know how high school is really cliquish or whatever. I didn't have oh, yeah. uh, like friends in all different categories. I had my tight, my little like, you know, group of friends. And uh, all of a sudden, I, I had people that I'd never talked to coming up being like, Oh man, that was really, really cool. And like, I didn't really know what to do with that. I just, it's just something that I enjoyed doing and it made sense to me. And I remember thinking I worked 10 times harder on that stupid little short, uh, than I did on anything else, like in school or really in life. Like, you know, uh, you know, heart, more than any art project or anything. It's just, you know, I didn't sleep for like three days and this was, you know, showing my age a little bit, you know, like I, I was like, I had two VCRs hooked up and I was like dubbing it, like, you know, with like the left channel from one tape to the other. That's how yeah. I was editing my shots. And I had like my, my disc, you know, like with my CDs queued up into the right mm -hmm. channel. So I was like doing the soundtrack. It was, it was crap, but like, you know, I, and I didn't know how to do that. I was literally just figuring it out from scratch. Like, oh, I think this is how you put something together, trying to reverse engineer what I saw in a movie, you know, with this footage that I made with my friends in my backyard. And, um, I, I don't know, like that figuring that out was just really rewarding to me. And I remember thinking I worked 10 times harder on that than I did anything else, but it never really felt like work and people seem to respond to it. They are crazy. Again, it's <laughs> crap, but, but, uh, but you know, like that, 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 that feeling kind of planted a seed in me and like, you know, that, or like how I felt then. And it, uh, it stuck with me and I, I carried that through into college and I thought maybe this is the kind of visual storytelling that I think I want to do. And somewhere along the line, I transitioned from like, Oh, watching movies to, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, how you observe something for so long and then you think, I want to try that. I want to see if I can do that. And, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, it just sort of next thing I knew, I was just like, Oh, cool. I, yeah, well, yeah, filmmaking that, that makes sense to me. Let's, let's figure that out. And I, I really never looked back. Um, I never really figured out a, a plan B. I was just like, this is what makes sense to me. That's, that's what I want to do. I, even if people don't like it, I, I, this is what I want to do. So, you know, let's try to find a way to, <laughs> to make that work. Um, and you know, I, uh, I guess as far as the inspiration, I mean, you know, just like all the stuff that I grew up watching, you know, uh, I, I was obsessed with Hitchcock from a pretty early age. I remember right around that time I decided, I think I want to be a filmmaker. I had a handful of films that, changed the way that I looked at movies because back then I was like 
you know, I, I, was, I was a teenage boy. I was like, if it had explosions and boobs, I was like, cool, this is a movie. But, you know, I never really thought of it as an art form. Um, mm-hmm. And then I saw, this is, this is super trite, but I don't care. Like, I saw Pulp Fiction, and that kind of blew my mind from, like, a narrative selling, narrative uh, storytelling yeah. standpoint. And, uh, you know, so, of course, yeah, I'm one of those people. like, turns, you know, made me want to be a filmmaker. But, you know, it, it kind of did. It was that and Train Spotting. I remember those films mm-hmm. affected me pretty hard, and I thought, how do I do that? And then shortly after that, um, I took this class in college and got opened up to stuff I'd never heard before, which is like very near and dear to my heart now. Like I remember I saw Igmar Bergman's uh, The Seventh Seal and mm-hmm. Fellini's Eight and a Half. And those two movies made me think, I don't understand what what cinema is at all. I need to rethink this. And I loved that. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. I, was, I was like, they made, they challenged me and kind of made me think of what was on screen in a way that I wasn't used to and honestly wasn't comfortable with at the time, but I liked mm-hmm. like, like it was a good kind of discomfort. I don't know if that makes sense, but, um, no, it yeah, definitely uh, makes sense. And, uh, going back to what you were talking about earlier words, like you had the, you had this urge where it's like, Oh, well you look at you, you look at something and you think, Oh, I want to do that. Maybe I could do that. I, I kind of had them. I kind of had that feeling when I first, started uh because i i played music i'd been a trombonist for about a decade or so from middle school and high school and stuff like that uh-huh. but it was when i listened to uh james horner's score for braveheart that's what made me think mm. i'd like to do film music what if i could do something like that and then that led me into composing that led me into and then Later on, I, I majored in music industry. I didn't necessarily, sound recording, I didn't necessarily know the first thing to, about that, but I knew I was yeah. interested in it. And it's like, what do I have to do in order to do that? So, yeah, I, I definitely I, I definitely understand that impulse. And, I mean, yeah, you mentioned, yeah, it, it is kind of cliche for somebody in our basic generation to say, Oh, Tarantino, uh, Pulp Fiction, and uh, Train Spying inspired me to make movies. But the fact of the matter is, I get it because those are great movies. So of course yeah. they're going to inspire you to make movies, which actually leads me to one of the things that uh, interested me when I went back to look at your films before this is both Foxy Madonna versus the Black Death and Three Tears on Bloodstained Flesh very much feel to me like they have a very 70s exploitation cinema uh, vibe to them. And I was wondering mm-hmm. if that was something that, if that's a genre that, and talk, you talking about your Hamlet, your your Hamlet project in high school made me think, is, is that particular genre or is that a particular style that you've seen yourself sort of go into uh, and be inspired by more than others? Uh, just like seventies, like grindhouse and exploitation cinema specifically. Uh, yeah. I mean, or I mean, not necessarily seventies, but I mean, it could be eighties. Just, just really yeah. low budget, grimy, blood and guts. <laughs> you know, just very simple stories, but done very, uh, very strongly in terms of the style. Because there's yeah. a very distinct uh, style I've caught, kept up with in terms of uh, your films. Well, uh, thank you. I um, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I I've kind of always responded to uh, you know, like stylized cinema. I mean, I, I do think there is such a thing as like you know, going too far into the style over substance category. But um, 
Yeah, like uh, 70s and 80s cinema, visually and structurally, is, it's been something that, I mean, I mean I, that's what I kind of grew up watching mm-hmm. predominantly. But I, um, I definitely think that there is sort of a charm to those, uh, like, low-budget movies that sort of, like, you can see, like, they're kind of held, de- held together with duct tape almost. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, like, 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 the first Evil Dead, for kind of, like, you know, like, when, when you, mm-hmm. when you, or even, even Evil Dead too, when you're like, oh, I can see the scenes on the puppet and the strings and everything, I'm just like, that's just kind of magical and part of the charm to me. I, I think, uh, I don't know, like, uh, it, it's weird because, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to get into, like, a, a larger discussion, but, you know, like, there's this idea of, um, you know, like, exploitation being a bad thing, which it, it definitely can. Um, I think definitely more so today. But I but I, I also kind of, I, I just grew up liking those types of films where everything was, like, uninhibited and, you know, mm-hmm. not restricted. And, like, it, it, it's just so egregious and over the top that it almost spins right back around to being charming, if that makes sense. I'm like, yes, oh, yeah. I know that everything is just sort of like, you know, it, it, it's trashy stories about terrible people doing terrible things, but it's like, it's so almost hyperbolic that it's kind of endearing. Um, and, 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 and they were so over stylized. Like I remember, uh, like I, I, one of my favorite, uh, sub genres is Jalos. Like, obviously I think you can probably tell that with three tears, but, um, you know, like the, you know, I remember the first time I saw an Argento movie, I was just like, what the hell is this? This is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, you know, the use of color and how it's almost like, it's like, it wants to be a musical, but it's not. It's just like visually so like theatrical and over the top. And like, you know, it's like all the light sources are so unconventional. It's like that wouldn't be there, but it works. And, you know, it, it's just, you know, like that blood is just like, that's like red paint, but it's kind of awesome. And I, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. It's like so overly theatrical i i just love that and you know i mean it, it, you're on the grind house you have so many different like you know you've got the you know uh like like black exploitation women in prison movies and like you know uh kung fu like, like all the little like sub sub genres under like you know exploitation and grindhouse i mean mm-hmm. uh which which i think is kind of a a little bit of a lost form. Like if you show, I think a lot of those movies to you know modern audiences they would just be like what is this trash and like it's trash but that's kind of the point and you know there's a weird yeah. charm to it I, I, i'm kind of forcing through what i'm trying to say but like i remember when uh that's going back to tarantino that tarantino rodriguez like double feature grindhouse came out yeah um yeah. and like i was like all about that but i remember when i saw it in the theater just nobody got it you know, they just didn't understand the idea of like a double feature drive-in, you know, like uh, like a drive-in double feature, you know, like where they would just kind of have these two films back to back. I remember the credits came up on Planet Terror and people were walking out. I'm like, dude, that's like half the movie. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> you know, they, they didn't they didn't get it. And they're like, why is this so these characters like they're speaking so unrealistically? And it's so like kind of it, like a very, again, very exploitative. But but that's 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 the that's the type of cinema back then i mean like you know every era has their own like you know you look at uh you know uh like you know 50s or you know 60s like you know uh with tarantino i'm, I'm sorry wow i screwed that up the 60s was like you know scorsese like you know uh films that he, he put out then and um like you know even like you know german expressionism like you have all these different like types of uh film like little moments in film history that that sort of was in this, the structure and the style of the times. And it, it doesn't always translate to like modern day, but like, it's just as being a fan of 
cinema like all encompassingly, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of it's like modern or old. Like I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not really getting my point across here. I just, I found that type of film, like really, I don't know. It, yeah. It speaks to me. I can't really put my finger on why I just, I relate to it. Like I'm like, yeah, I love Jalos and not just because, okay, pretty colors, but you know, I just, <laughs> I, I find that kind of endearing. Like, you know, it's sort of like, okay, cool. They tried to make like a, a sleazy European, like trash version of Hitchcock movies, which is kind of what they were in response to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I it, it just, I don't know. It works for me. Like, you know, and, and with Foxy Madonna, when we did that, I remember the trailer for Grindhouse had come out and that was one of those 48 hour films, you know, like where you yeah. go and you have to make a movie in a weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I have a team together. We were up in Indianapolis and you know, they, they give you your, uh, you know, you like you have to like write it after they give you your your category, like you know your genre and like all the little elements that you have to make sure to incorporate uh, throughout the shoot. Right. And you know, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do, and I was thinking, well, everybody's going to want to, you know, try to do like every little indie movie that people try to do. They try to do something either like you know really overly dramatic and serious, <laughs> and like we're making art, or they try to do something like really, which is fine. I mean, I love that too. But like, or you know, they try to do something like really really funny, and they try to do like you know. Like like a, a like a ten minute version of like Clerks or something like oh yeah. let's just lean on the yeah. comedy. Well, I was like, no one's gonna try to do like a, a an exploitation action movie. Let's do that. <laughs> I just I was like, I was like, screw it, let's have fun, you know. And yeah. uh, I, I I don't know. I, I guess you know I was thinking about like stuff like you know uh, like Shaft and Dolomite and everything. And I was like, let's just try to do something like that. So it was I don't know. It was. It was it was fun, and I was like, I don't really. And I, I went into it thinking like, I don't care if anybody likes this. I just want us to have a good time. Um, and mm. it ended up. It's weird. It's funny to hear you bring that up because oddly enough, like that's still I think the short that everybody is quickest to mention. Like, oh yeah, that Foxy Madonna movie. I'm like, yeah, that was fun. And so it's definitely dated now. Like, I have trouble watching it, but but it's uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I. I don't know. I, I know I didn't really answer your question. I just sort of no, talked that's, around it. But like, I, I just, I, I love that type of cinema, man. It's, yeah. just, it's, it's just fun. I, it's not for everybody. I get it because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are, are easily, well, not easily because if you're offended, you're offended. But like, I, I know a lot of people are like offended by that type of, of those, that type of cinema because it's like, yes, it is very trashy and exploitative and everything, but also it's kind of impossible to offend me. So I can sort of take <laughs> most things with a grain of salt. I'm like, yeah, sure, it's wrong, but I kind of like it. You know, mm-hmm. I it, 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 and again, it's a movie. It's fake. You know, I, I, I tend to have a very thick fantasy versus reality separation barrier. I'm like, I know these are real people playing real things and there's real stories behind there, but what's on the screen is ultimately like a fake reality. And mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's the magic world that I like to live in. So um, no, that's that's fine. And I mean, the fact that better is, I mean, I certainly. You know, I that's one of the things that struck me. I I watched uh, when I rewatched Foxy Madonna. I for, I I knew I always I knew I really loved it when I first saw it, but I mm-hmm. I completely I it's the first time in a few years that I'd seen it again, and I I remembered why I liked it. I remembered why I enjoyed it. And it's oh, wow. because of the fact that um it it's just it's it's got and I forgot how much. I forgot the horror aspect of that. Like I, I remembered, you know, I remembered the the images and stuff like that. I remember having it having that uh that feel to it, that that seventies grindhouse feel to it, but I completely forgot the horror aspect of the story or the supernatural aspect of the story. And it's like, oh wow, I completely forgot about that. And 
it's one of the and it's one of those things where uh certainly in that and uh three tears i definitely notice uh both of those especially i mean all four of your movies that i've seen are really they there's a very strong visual style to them um and with with three terrors in particular where was it that uh how did you come up with the uh visual style of that film visual style uh i at the time i, I was trying to look for well i was looking for like what was going to be my next project you know i had done uh shade of gray like my first feature and then there was like a long gap uh where i like i mean i did like some shorts and music videos and yeah. whatnot um but i was like okay i'm not sure what to do for the next feature and um i remember i was having a i had a couple scripts that i had written uh that i i, I tried getting off the ground like oh let's make this and it, it just you know and you try sometimes you try to get a project off the ground and it doesn't launch so mm-hmm. i'd had a couple of those and um I uh, was talking with uh, Bill Goldman, my, my lead actor and then uh, co-producer, and he uh, he we'd been looking for something to work on together for a while, and he asked me uh, like you know hey is there is there a project that you have you know written that I could be in? I was like oh I don't really have anything where I think you know you fit in that I've written right now. I was like well would you want to write one? And I thought <laughs> oh yeah okay why not let's write a new thing. And so he's like well what kind of movie do you want to make? And then. At the time he asked me, I, you know, like, you know how you have kind of like what we were just talking about. You have like these stretches where you're just like, I'm really into this right now. Like, you know, like I am really into, you know, like Kung Fu cinema. Or I'm really into, you know, like, uh, you know, slashers or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just picking random genres. But, you know, and at that yeah. time I was, I was in a deep jalo rabbit hole. I mean, you know, just like rewatching a lot of my favorites and digging up ones that I hadn't seen. And I just sort of was like on a binge of that. And I, I was like, I want to try that. Um, but you know, not, I never wanted to just like sit down and try to like emulate one. That's why like, I, like I always refer to three tears as like a, a modern Midwestern spin on the giallo. And I, I, uh, that's sort of like what I was trying, which kind of, I, I don't know, I guess you could say that sounds pretentious, but like, you know, I, I didn't want to be like, I'm being imitative. You know, I, I, I wanted to try to do something, uh, that paid them, you know, appropriate homage to that sect of cinema, but also kind of did its own thing. And I, uh, I, you know, so I, that's, I kind of approached the visual style as like a cross between, uh, like, like a specific like seventies Jalos and, um, uh, like kind of like independent, uh, like revenge thrillers, you mm-hmm. know, like I, like I had a lot of like, uh, uh, you know, thinking stuff like, um, uh, like get Carter, you know, and, whatnot. Okay. and, uh, I was thinking of, uh, like, Hey, well, this is more modern, but I like, I recently watched that movie. Um, was it the horseman, the horseman or whatever, which is sort of like this revenge story. I think that's right. Horseman, not horsemen, horseman. It's like okay. a, a Australian revenge thriller. Um, so I was sort of like, okay, well, let's see if we can mix like the, you know, not hard boiled detective, but like, you know, like, like, on a mission trying to figure out what like uncover the secrets of what's going on in the town type revenge thriller mixed with Jallo. And then the linking point for me was I had just recently watched the wicker man. I'm like, that's how it goes together. It's like this cult, you know? So I was like, yeah. I was like, cool. So we had like the Jallo mass flasher with, you know, there's a wrongful death. And then I was like, okay, cool. So there's a wicker man vibe. And you know, 
I feel weird because I'm like, I'm name dropping movies. I wasn't like, let's just copy these. But you know, like that, that's sort of, I guess, the, the influences at the time. But uh, for the visual style, I wanted it to feel sort of like a cross between, uh, like, like I wanted uh, a lot of the, uh, like, I guess the murder set pieces, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the bit with the, the, the fingernails, the toothpicks under the fingernails or the intestine scene or like the scenes at the morgue. And you know, like, yeah, I was like, I wanted like really, you know, exaggerate unconventional uses of color and, you know, like sort of very stylized cinematography with, uh, you know, kind of not just point and shoot angles, but like, you know, let's get the camera in very weird spots and okay, cool, but turn it. (laughs) When when in doubt, make it a Dutch angle. I don't know. Like, but I I wanted it to be sort of exaggerated and fun. And, uh, but, but the, the bits where, you know, like the, the action sequences, like the fights, not not like the, the the kill sequence, but like, you know, the fights where Dominic's just sort of like, you know, killing everybody around yeah. him or, you know, like interrogating somebody. Like I wanted those to kind of have a a sort of like that gritty, like investigative, like detective revenge thriller vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I somewhere along the line, I just kind of blended the two. I worked really close with, um, it was actually the first time that uh, I ever got to work with, uh, who's been uh, one of my best, like favorite collaborators ever and uh, has been a pseudo regular director of photography for me since DP Bunnell. He, uh, he came down, we'd, we'd been friends for a while and, uh, you know, talked about how we wanted to work on a project together, but we never had, I mean, we, we both crewed on other shoots before, mm-hmm. but never like, you know, like on one of ours. Um, so we were kind of fans of each other, what each other were doing. We we're like, Hey, you know, we'd like to work together on something. And I was like, Hey, you, you want to, come down and uh, just, you know, spend a week in Evansville and, you know, like shoot this thing with me. And he's like, cool. I'm like, you know, he came down without a crew title, honestly. I was just like, you know, like just, just come down and, you know, like be like, you know, my left or right hand and we'll just, you know, figure it out. <laughs> and uh, it was because I was like, we want to work, we want to work together. So I came down and uh, hung out. And then uh, I I was going into the film as the director of photography. So like, I, cause I, 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 I knew the script front and back. I'd been, you know, planning it for a while. I actually tried to get it off the ground once about a year, year and a half before we shot it and then shelved it because it was, that was one of those failure to launch projects mm-hmm. and then dug it back up later. So, um, okay. I had, I'd been sitting with like the movie in my head for, I don't know, man, I'm trying to remember the timetable. It's been a minute now, but uh, like at least a year, you know, like I, okay. I, I already like planned everything out visually and like, I'm like, I was like, I could shoot this movie yesterday. So I went into it. Like I'm going to be the director of photography just to kind of, because I knew we were going to shoot quicker. I don't like to do that because it's sort of, I mean, I like shooting a lot, but when you're directing and the director of photography, sometimes it feels like you're, you know, giving half of the pie to one and half to the other. And I kind of prefer just to focus on directing, but I I knew that that would be one less, uh, you know, I was, I was, you know, financing the film myself, you know, pretty much it was very independent. And I I was like, I'll just be able to move faster if I just, that's one less person I have to talk to because I know what I want. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I started shooting and then, you know, uh, DP was there and we started uh, going through everything. uh, Like, you know, like as we was like, well, what do you want the scene to be like? And I was like, okay, well, this is how we're going to shoot over shoot over here. And then I was like, you know, why don't we run two cameras? And, you know, I said, you stand over here and like, you know, you, you handle, you handle this angle and I'll handle this angle and, you know, we'll just get two and one and we'll move a little bit faster. And I say, and I was like, okay, well that worked. Why don't, why don't we do that again? But over here, and he, he was like, but you know what? I, I think I could take what you want to do and make it better by doing this. And he would always find this way of taking what I want and improving it. And then it just, the, the, it started to shift. And next thing I know, we were both the directors of photography and then, then you know, from then on, after we worked, I was like, "Okay, you're 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 the DP now." I was yeah. like, "I was like, I'm just I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do what I do, and 
I'm going to trust you with the camera because he's way better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the dude's just kind of a genius. But uh, anyway, like it was uh, that, that's sort of where it came from. Like I like I I I wanted it to be sort of a blend of those styles, and I knew what I wanted. And you know, I, I started shooting, and then next thing I know, like you know, David and I were kind of running in tandem, uh, and it it uh it sort of evolved from there. Um, it changed a lot as we shot. I think that's most movies do that. But like you know, I went in very specific, knowing what I wanted. And we didn't get exactly that. We changed a lot, but mm-hmm. I, I like what we were doing better, you know, than what I planned. Um, sometimes when you're on set, just you have to be open, I think, to uh, – it's not happy accidents. That's a shitty way of putting it. But it, it's more <laughs> like um, – it's more like uh, you have to be open to inspiration in the moment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like okay, well, we have this plan, but – Oh, we didn't see this, you know, everybody on set and everybody in costume and in character and everything. It's like, oh, well, this is a better idea. Yeah, let's try that. And there was a lot of experimenting, which yeah. which I like because that's fun, you know, that's that's new and fresh and exciting. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I got a little away from your question there. No, I tend to do that. That's, Sorry, that's, <laughs> that's that's perfectly all right. And the fact that uh, it it's it's kind of amazing to me, I guess. I don't know. Even even though we're friends on Facebook, I I guess I I didn't realize that you had uh, financed the film yourself. I mean, that for me makes it all the more impressive. Just the way it looks and the sort of the ambition behind it. There is a lot of uh, it. It does feel very ambitious as far as a project, and not just because of the fact that it ended up being uh, two and a half hours long. I mean, that's yeah. that's a big project right there. And I mean, it's yeah. a big idea as well. So yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, I mean, the the fact that you self finance that is uh, extremely impressive. Well, yeah, as as I said that, I actually uh, wasn't thinking. Oh shit, it's something I really want to talk about. But the the movie's out now, so whatever. Let's talk about it. Uh, yeah, that, that wasn't actually always the plan. Um, Bill and I, uh, when we were putting the project together, and you know, we were the producers, but we, we had a couple other producers slash investors on board and, uh, sometimes things fall through. So, uh, you know, it was one of those where like, okay, do we regroup? We already have everybody in place and, you know, like the dates. And I was like, it was one of those where I I hit a, I am making this movie no matter what wall. Yeah. Um, like I said, it was the second time I tried that we, we tried to put it together and I was just like, no, we're, we're making, we said we were making a movie this fall. We're ma- I'm making a movie this fall. And I, uh, I, I, it was one of those where I just decided to, I scaled back a few things so I could make it obviously a little more manageable just for myself to handle <laughs> because, you know, uh, so like, like some of the set pieces were like, okay, cool. Well, we don't have this anymore. So now we're moving this to a different location that I already have. Um, <laughs> So, like, you know, I, I, I did change a few things to to accommodate for me to be able to realistically do that. But it was one of those where, like, I, I everybody who was working on it believed in the project. I really believed in the project. And I, w- I was in a we're making this hell or high water mentality. Um, so I uh, just found a way to to make it work and uh, called in a lot of favors, like a lot of favors. I, I had a, I, I had an amazing cast and crew. I know every director says that, but like, I really, really did who had my back and chipped in and supported like, you know, the project tenfold, but also like a lot of just behind the scenes, like, you know, which then, that's why I had like all special thanks in there. Just people like, you know, yeah, cool. I'll help you out here. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a, a meal for your crew here this day. You know, like just like, you know, I had, a, I had a lot of, uh, 
any favor I had racked up over everything that I had done. I was like, I was like, this is this is me calling it in. Please help. And uh, you know, we we split together. But um, it was uh, it was uh, as far as the runtime. Yeah, that that was uh, the script was not short by any means, but uh, new scenes were sort of added as we were shooting. Like mm-hmm. sort of like, oh, okay, well let's 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 film this. You know, let me rewrite this scene real quick, and we'll do like a connective tissue moment here. And you know, like there were parts where I let the actors just sort of like ad lib on like, you know, yeah, I, I'm very specific on my dialogue, but also continue the conversation just as long as you get these points out. And you know, I let them go a little bit, yeah. and we ended up with some really good, you know moments that you can't plan for, like, you know, where it's like, you know, the little brief moment of reality. And, um, you know, so a lot of the, I kept a lot of that stuff in, in the film. Uh, the first cut though, when I put it together, I was like, okay, no one will ever see it. I still have a, a Blu-ray screener I made of it, but my first cut without credits was like three hours and 16 minutes, I think. Oh, wow. And I was like, cool, this is longer than Titanic. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I sat down and watched it. it. Had like no color grading, no effects, no sound design, no score, no nothing. It was just, it was just, it was just my kitchen sink edit of the movie. And yeah. uh, I sat down and watched it one night, and honestly, didn't totally hate it. But then I was like, "Cool, we got to make this workable." And I just kept cutting it back. And I went through a few iterations. I actually had an edit that I really liked. It was about two hours and forty minutes or two forty-five somewhere in that ballpark. But again, just that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit the movie is too long for an indie as it is, but it is the version of the story that I wanted to put out there. Oh yeah. And uh, I got to the point where I was, I was trimming uh, stuff out to where I felt like I was verging on, okay, this isn't the story that I want to tell. And, you know, again, Mm -hmm. it was completely independent. Um, I, I was like, I I have this chance where like, I I don't owe a runtime or a, a certain type of movie to anyone. I'm just making the thing that I want to make. And I was like, do I want to stand by that? Or do I want to be like, Oh, let's compromise that. It, it did affect on festivals. You know, like we didn't yeah. get as much festival play because runtime. And I knew that going into it, I wasn't naive about that, but, um, and I went in thinking, okay, well for, if I need to do a different edit for, uh, the release, like when, you know, seeking distribution, uh, I, I was going to, I went in open to, okay, I, I would make a truncated cut and I was like, cool, I'll have two versions. This is my director's cut. Mm-hmm. And then if I make a shorter version, you know, like a distributor's like, no, we need to have it down here. I was like, cool, I'll, I'll be open to that because I would rather people see it than nobody did. But well, yeah. um, then Unearthed Films came along uh, and uh, I, you know, they, they, I, I, I mean, bless them, I got to give them credit. Like, you know, like, love the film as is. And, you know, we're like, no, put it out this way. And I was like, cool. Well, here's all the deleted scenes. <laughs> I got. But, uh, so I, I, I actually, that was, that was the nice thing. In the end, I got to put out the version of the movie that I wanted. I know it's long and I know, uh, you know, for some people that might be like, oh, well, that's too like indulgent or masturbatory or just like excessive. But I was like, it's, it, it, it is the movie that I wanted to make. And, you yeah. know, for, for better or worse, I, I'm really happy that I got to, I got to put that version out there. Um, mm-hmm. The one compliment I've gotten, I'm actually curious, like, you know the runtime, but I, I, does it feel that long? Like, to you? Because a lot of I people tell me they're like, I, they're, they're like, I, when they when they see the runtime, if you're not watching it as you're watching it, like, on the front of your DVD or Blu-ray player, it's like, they're like, I didn't know it was that long. It didn't feel that long. I'm like, okay, good, because I didn't want it to, you know? <laughs> but I think there were times for me where it felt that long, but at the same time, I, I there were definitely a lot of times where you didn't feel the runtime at all. You, you okay, really, that's, that's there are totally times fair. where you definitely don't feel the runtime at all. 
but yeah, I mean, I think for me, there were times where it felt a bit long, but at the same time, I mean, I, I, there's not a whole lot there where I'm like, oh, I mean, I don't know why you're doing this. I don't know why you're doing that. I mean, ultimately, everything felt like it was part of the story that you were telling. I mean, I think that was ultimately that's the important thing. I mean, it really does cool. boil down to that. So, I I, uh, I ended up with uh, you know how like hindsight twenty twenty. Obviously, like having a lot of distance from the movie. Like I was in. Uh, uh, like a hellish editing hole for a very long time with that, just trying to figure out how to make it work. And I guess the point where I just started showing like, you know, some of the longer rough cuts to people. I'm like, what doesn't work just to, you know, just to yeah. get some opinions. Cause it's like, I'm looking at this thing so much. I'm not sure what else to take out. And, you know, and I got good notes from a, you know, I had like a little brain trust of people that I knew were going to give me honest criticism and not just be mm-hmm. like, yep, that's fine. You know, it'll be like, this sucks. I'm like, cool. I want to know that. Cause I want the movie to be as good as it could. But, um, I'm like you. I, I that's that's totally fair. That wasn't like a loaded question when I asked you. Like I, I do think parts of it are too long. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to argue things like that's too long. I know you're totally right. It is very long. But I, uh, I I can see parts now that if I were going back and editing it now, I probably would change or remove, and they would be more deleted scenes. But again, it got to the point where I was like, they were willing. Unearth was awesome, putting it out as is, and I, uh, yeah. I was a little worried because I'd already reworked it so much, you know, like you get yeah. that sort of George Lucas syndrome where you're like, <laughs> I could re-edit this movie for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is a timestamp of what I made at this point in my, you know, career, uh, filmography or whatever, you know, like this, this is, this is what I made at that point. And mm-hmm. then, and cool timestamp move on, you know, like I, I just, uh, and not like, Oh, I hate you. I'm done with you three tears. But you know, like I, 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 there's no point I saw in like living that forever. I'm, I'm happy with what it was, even with its flaws. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. very flawed, but you know, like I, that's, you know, I, 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 I'm never going to make a perfect film. I, I don't pretend to think that it's perfect. I, I like it for what it is, even with the rough edges. Yeah. And but, I mean, and the fact of better is, I mean, what, what you said is absolutely true. It's like there, there does come to be a point where you just kind of have to step away from it and, and just put it to bed. And I mean, that's, that's, I mean, yeah, it's like, you, yeah. you, you see moment. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned George Lucas, Ridley Scott with Blade Runner and stuff like that, where it's like there are multiple cuts of that, multiple versions of that. But the fact of the matter is, it's like you, at some point you just need to just say, okay, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm done yeah. with this. I, it's, it's where I want to be. And yeah, of course, after the fact that you, you will probably go back and go, well, maybe if I had done that differently, maybe if I had done that differently, it's like, of course, it it's natural to, you know, it, it's natural to rethink things after the fact, but at a certain point, you just need to say, I'm, I'm happy with what's out here right now. And yeah. it is, it is, uh, it's what it needs to be. So, yeah. Um, I, I totally agree. I think the, uh, Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're there. fine. You're fine. Um, no, no, I, I'll, I'll give you. Uh, I agree with you with Ridley, except I will say I actually really, really like and kind of prefer the final cut of Blade Runner. So I, 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 I do I, too. I, I, I will yeah, admit I, I do too. Like yeah, that one. That one just kind of gel- brought it together. But I mean, but I know what you mean. There's like, like I mean, Blu-ray. I have like five cuts of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but I, 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 that's actually like one thing that. Uh, 
it's hard for me to do like it's whether I'm writing or editing. It's like anytime you're putting something together, you know, whether it's in script form or, you know, like a visual, like, you know, in an edit form, I, uh, uh, it's really, okay. There was this moment, like, you know, like I said before, I was like, okay, cool. I want to be like a, you know, not a graphic artist, but like, you know, like a, like a comic book artist or, uh, a, uh, you know, an animator or something. But I remember there, I was, uh, doing, working on this, uh, this painting in high school. Uh, and I, I, you know, it was, it was an oil painting and I kind of got, uh, I, I just, I've been working on it for weeks. I remember my teacher was like, are why aren't you done with it? I was like, cause it's not right. It, it's, I was like, it sucks. It's not there. And she, she's like, well, and I was, I was up there. I was like, well, this color is not blending right. And I don't like how this is over here. You know, you know, I keep, you know, repainting over this, you know, I don't even remember what the painting was at this point. If it was a, yeah. you know, a landscape or what, like I, I, I completely put it out of my mind, but I remember I was obsessed with trying to get it right and I couldn't, and it was driving me nuts. And she, you know, I was like right there, like my nose right up to the canvas working on it. I remember she's like, you know, stop, put it down, you know, put the brush down, walk across the room. I was like, what? She's like, walk halfway across the room. So I did. And she's like, turn around and look at it. And I did. And she's like, is it done? And I was like, yeah. And I, and that's when she, you know, she kind of was like, okay, and this is why <laughs> she's, she's like, if you, if you have, if you have your nose, up there and you're looking at like, you know, under a microscope, like zoomed in every little detail, nitpicking every little thing, you will never be happy with it. It will never be finished. But if you step back and look at the image as a whole, you're like, oh, okay, cool. It's finished. I don't, I, I mean, of course, if you get in close, you're going to see all the problems and rework it and everything. And oh, yeah. that's, that, that thought kind of stuck with me. Mm-hmm. It gets more in editing than in writing. Like, you know, yeah, you know, getting script, you know, the final version of the script ready. Like, that, there's a little bit of that there. But really in the edit, like, I just always kind of remember that moment because mm-hmm. that was sort of an eye-opening moment whenever she taught me that. It was just, uh, you know, there is a moment you have to step back and look at the whole. Because if, you know, you're looking at, and you got to remember that when I, I try to remember that when I'm directing too. Because, like, you know, you're not just looking at this shot or in an edit, this cut. Or really, furthermore, like this scene. You're like, what scene comes, where does it land with the scene that comes before and after it? And how do those scenes work within that act? And how does that act work within the film as a whole? Mm-hmm. And like, eventually you just look at it and you're like, cool, this is the whole machine. And it's, it's, uh, it's hard to see that sometimes because when you're up in it, like it's, I mean, the best thing I need to do sometimes is whenever I'm having trouble is just walk away from something for a while, which is yeah. hard when you have a deadline and you're like, mm-hmm. I need to get this done. Like for, you know, a festival or, you know, if it's like an independent project and you're doing it for someone else, like, you know, whether it's like a freelance thing for a client or something like you have to sometimes like, you know, like I, I do a music video for a band and like we have to premiere it at this date. I'm like, okay, cool. Like sometimes I have to rush to edit a little more than I like because if you hit a wall, you want to walk away from it and just, you know, think about anything but that and come back with fresh eyes. And yeah, on your own film, if you set your own deadlines, you definitely have that freedom a little bit more, but I think that's important um, mm-hmm. to a degree, but Anyway, there's that thought. No, that's fine. One of your uh, earlier, another one of your earlier films uh, I watched was a short film that you did, uh, Obsolescence. That's that's what you... Oh, Obsolescence? Obsolescence, that's... Duh. Um, Where did the idea for that come from? Because I really, re-watching it, I thought it was an interesting little paranoia thriller. Yeah, um, that was that was a fun thing to do. I, I did that with, uh, um, I to my partner in crime on that, uh, Scott Gagno, uh, mm-hmm. whenever I was out and, uh, went out to LA for a festival screening for shade of gray. And, you know, we were like, wanted to make something while we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I, uh, you know, he's like, okay, cool. Well, you know, do you want, what do you want to do? It's your first time in LA. Cause I hadn't been there before. He's like, do you want to, you want to go see this? You want to see that? I'm like, no, I want to make a movie. So we, we, we floated around, um, ideas that we had to each other. Like, you know, okay, well, here's an idea or treatment I wrote for the script that I never did, or here's like a log line. We were just kicking ideas back and forth. And we ended up uh, settling on that one, which was an old idea. Like I never really like fleshed out further. And, uh, we sat down and wrote that in, and that came together quick. <laughs> like I, I, I started writing a version of that script from the idea uh, as I my flight got delayed and I was like in a layover in Texas. And uh, you know, so I was, I'm sitting here like writing before I got on the plane. I get out there and show him pages, and he's like, "This sucks." And he's like putting like red X's through it, and like you know, we're on two different computers. And then like he would send me something. I'm like, "Nope, I'm never gonna put that in my movie." Like we were just like, it, it was it was a really good it was a really good back and forth because we were like brutally honest with each other. Like I like this, I hate that, and eventually we kind of beat each other's work up to the point where we found a we we, we liked that concept and we 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 thought it was a pretty good uh, you know we 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 found something that we thought was pretty good that we were happy with and you know, wrote that in like across like two days or something. And then sent it out to, we called in favors. Like I had, uh, he knew, uh, some actors there. And then I knew an actress that was out there and we, we were just like called in like, Hey, do you guys want to be in the short film? We're going to shoot it really quick. And they're like, cool. We're like, all right, here's the script. We'll, sh- we're shooting in the morning. See you in like a few <laughs> hours. <laughs> and we just literally showed up. People were learning right before we shot it. And, uh, I, I was like, this could totally fall apart, but I'm coming back with a souvenir film. And uh, that actually ended up being like one of the better, more productive shoots. I mean, we shot it in like, I think we only shot it in 12 hours. It was like an eight hour day and a four oh, hour wow. day. It went really, really fast. Yeah, it was, wow. it was, it was the crazy production. And like the scenes with uh, uh, Scott and Jen, Lily who plays Annie, like mm-hmm. when they were on the beach and uh, that's, I'm, I'm, I directed them and then like, you know, they had just learned their lines, like literally like on the drive over there. And, uh, I am walking backwards, running camera, holding the boom mic on a pole <laughs> between my knees. So like, I'm literally like doing boom and camera and directing. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't have headphones. So I was like, I hope I can hear you over the waves. <laughs> it was, a. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm actually kind of amazed that that thing turned out as well. But, but you know, it was fun. And, you know, we were, you know, we had a good time on it. But, um, but then, I mean, the idea was sort of, uh, you know, we, like, we knew we wanted to do something kind of cerebral. And, you know, Scott loves sci-fi. You know, I mean, yeah. I do too, but, like, he definitely does more than me. So, like, we, we wanted, we liked the idea of doing this sort of thriller that had a sci-fi twist. Which, you know, you don't really know about until it gets until, you know, the, the spoiler reveal towards the end. But, uh, you know, this idea of, like, loss and, like, you know, uh, uh, someone, like, you know, like, kind of going into revenge thriller mode because, you know, they, they, they this relationship that fell apart, like, this love that they lost. And, uh, you know, just, like, how th- that was, like, the emotional through line. And then, you know, the, but we were like, oh, cool, that would dovetail well into this uh sci-fi twist and it's almost like there's a genre shift when you get to there um and and that just came from like a lot of like like i said beating up each other's works and like you know we we i think yeah we both pulled from uh older ideas that you know we had that you know you have all these ideas sitting around that you never really flesh out like oh that'd be a cool movie one day so we just sort of combined them um but yeah yeah it was a it was a that was a really fun collaborative process Mm -hmm. well another and you you mentioned it uh, because of the fact that you were going out to L.A. for a film festival for uh, Shade of Grey. Mm-hmm. 
which was um, your first feature, correct? You've only done the two. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the two that I'll claim, I have, I have a few that I made throughout like college and high school that are, that are just, I mean, they're, those are, those are deep in the vault. They're buried, yeah. but yes, um, <laughs> the, the two that I, two that I've actually put out there. Okay. Um, so um, far, so far I have a, I have, I have a third in the works and I'm trying to get another one off the ground, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Two so far. Okay. Uh, I had forgot it been, I, I just watched it a week or two ago. Um, for the first time in since I think I reviewed it. So it's been about nine years since I had seen it. I had forgotten one interesting hook Shade of Grey has, where it's basically okay. it's basically the history of this room in a hotel. And I was curious if you had any particular inspirations for it or what the basic inspiration for that movie was. Uh that's actually kind of a weird story. Uh that one, okay. Again, you know, we're always hardest on our own work. I oh, I I can't look at that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I, I same thing with Three Tears. Like I love Three Tears. Like I'm very very proud of it. I kind of never want to watch it again. You know how like you just like get to that point where you know every once in a while I'll dig it up and people are like I want to see it but I haven't seen. It. I'm like okay, yeah, I'll watch it with you. But it's just <laughs> like oh, I can, I can do better now. Come on. But um, Shade of Grey was uh, you know, I I I, I wanted to. I, I, it was right around the time of my life where I'm like, okay, I, I want to make a movie. And I actually set out, I thought it was going to be a short. And then I started writing it and it got a little bit bigger and it sort of like evolved into a feature. Mm-hmm. Um, I start, it started off as a comedy, believe it or not. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> I, when I was at, I, I went to, I went to IU and uh, when I was there, I uh, worked at the union, the campus on hotel. Uh, the, uh, let me try to edit that, please. Okay. When I was at IU, um, I went to IU and I, I, uh, when I was there, I worked at the union, which was the hotel on campus. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, you know, like I, sometimes I worked in the, the parking lot and the ticket booth, you know, like let people yeah. in and out. But, uh, sometimes I was also like, you know, like a, just a page, you know, like, you know, okay, cool. People need towels. I'll go upstairs. And, uh, you know, it was that, it was a weird, like kind of cool old, old, style like old timey feeling building and you know it's like supposedly haunted so like when you're walking around like at midnight like going upstairs to rooms in those dark halls sometimes we had some like little like the shining moments where i was like i'm gonna turn around see two little girls being like come play with us (laughs) but uh we uh i i started like you know I'm a very imaginative, okay, then, okay, I think, I have an overactive imagination, I was about to say, I'm an imaginative person, that sounds pretentious as hell, but I, I have a very <laughs> overactive imagination, so, um, and I'm very good at entertaining myself, like, I'm very rarely bored, um, so, I'd be walking around upstairs, and just, like, you know, start dreaming up scenarios of what's going on behind the doors, you know, and, of course you think, oh, people are probably either sleeping or watching TV or having sex or whatever. And, you know, but, but then I was like, nope, what if, what if, uh, what if there's a hostage situation? You know, what if, uh, and I, like, I, I start coming with all these like mm-hmm. really weird moments. I'm like, you know, like you knock on the door and someone's going to open it and you think like, I'm like, someone's just really going to ask for towels. Like, what if somebody like, you know, opens the door and they're like all like, you know, freaking out and crying and like, <laughs> it's like, what happened? What was your night? So I don't really know. I don't really know, like, remember which of those tales I was, like, pulling from, but, like, just that idea of what's really happening in a room, you know? And, like, and then I started thinking, like, okay, well, cool, I went up to this room before, but now someone else has checked in there. And it's, like, you know, it's the same thing as, like, if you buy a house, 
You know, like what happened there before, you know, the tendency, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors, you know, good, bad, or ugly. And I, I started thinking, you know, like what about like this shared history of this room and like this idea of like a room having a soul and like, you know, maybe absorbing, you know, it's just a little bit of a horror movie, mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah. trope. Uh, but, you know, like, you know, like the idea of like, you know, all that, like not like, but I didn't want to go like Amityville horror, like, you know, but like, you know, all this becomes a part of that room, part of that character, you know? So I, uh, I started, uh, coming up with these scenarios of like, you know, originally it was going to be like multiple rooms, like in a hotel complex. And like, yeah. it was going to be sort of like in a really, like, and I had this idea of, uh, God, I wish I could remember him, but like, I remember there was one where there was like, uh, like an assassin, like a hitman or something that mm-hmm. was, you know, trying to prep for a hit, but he kept getting distracted by the people next door that were having sex. So he kept calling the front desk to complain about <laughs> they were being too loud. And like, you know how, like, you know, that ended up like saving someone's life. Like I had all these like little moments of like, there were like circumstance because of the people that were staying in this area. And then I narrowed it down to just like one room. I'm like, okay, cool. It's just everybody that stays in this one room, what happens over time. Right. And, uh, I, you know, I, I started thinking about, okay, cool. Well, you know, something happens like, uh, what if a gun goes off and then there's a bullet hole on the, on the wall. And then all of a sudden the, uh, you know, uh, the next time that someone else has checked in, one of those picture frames has moved to cover it, you know, yeah. like, I, uh, I, so I started playing around with all these different little ideas of like, you know, how a room could evolve and change and like, okay, cool. There was a murder in here. Well, they clean it up or whatever and get it, you know, checked out. And then, you know, now people can check in and stay in that room again. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, I, as I was writing it, the comedy just kind of started to go away. Like originally mm-hmm. I wanted to just be like a really like goofy, funny, dark comedy, kind of like four rooms, I, I guess just, is what I was thinking. Yeah. And I, as soon as you were talking about your experience at hotel room, that was the first thing that came to mind was four rooms. And yeah, I think, which is, you know, like, Oh, sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, I personally, it, it's been, I hadn't I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters. I I know I wasn't a big fan of Four Rooms when it came out. I thought you know there were some I like I like two out of the four stories. Yeah, like two out of four of them were good. But I think one of the things that I like that differentiates it from, uh, from Four Rooms is the fact that you focus on the room. It's not just and it's not and the fact that it's one single room. It's not just you know, a bellboy or somebody working at the room who's just going from room to room to room. The fact that it's one single room and that's one of the that's one of the interesting things about it. and the fact that you have this progression of like a pregnant mother at one point and then later on you see their child check into yeah. the room. And you see this you you see a lot of this progression of uh that that's a very natural arc and it's a very interesting arc because of the fact that then you see everything in between and yeah it's it's just it was such an interesting concept i completely forgot what the concept of that movie was when, until i saw it it's like oh wow yeah this this is structurally speaking it's really interesting thank you <laughs> i uh it, it, that was one that was actually like really like personal and important to me. Like I said, as, as the comedy kind of went away from it, I, I I found myself sort of like uncomfortably in love with the characters and interested mm-hmm. in where they were going. So rather than like originally, you know, kind of like forums, I was going to be like each scene with the characters, it was going to be a one and done. Like, you know, the actors, like, you know, those characters were in one scene and they never came back. But then I was like, well, what happened to the next? What if they checked into that? Say this was like a, 
like a the motel or hotel like on a highway is like between two places or whatever yeah. and it was like normal for these people to stay. I was like, well, I wanted to visit them again at different points in their life. And that's when I kind of came up with the, the, the family dynamic, you know, where like mm-hmm. you said, like, you know, you've got the parents and the child and eventually like, you know, you're like, well, you realize, okay, well, two of the other ones are spoiler, you know, like, you know, like it would be like the grandparents or whatever. Like, you know, it, it, it just sort of like evolved uh, from me wanting to see where these characters were that I was writing and falling in love with. And the, uh, Actually, not a lot of people know this, but uh, well, like I, I actually ended up getting a little uncomfortably personal with it. I, I always put a little bit of myself in things that I write and direct, but like you know, not always on the surface. Sometimes I try to bury it a little bit, you know, because yeah. it's vulnerable. But uh, this one, for better or worse, like it was really important to me at the time. Uh, still is because like I uh, I came up with this kind of fictional, fictitious backstory um, that sort of I, I don't know. Like I, I'm adopted. And, uh, and I, I came up with this, uh, dreamt up tragic because, you know, I, who wants a happy ending, um, <laughs> to a tragic backstory to, uh, you know, what like my, my biological parents and that became, you know, the Brian and Sarah characters. Yeah. Um, and sort of like, you know, like, obviously like, of course I didn't have, I just made something up, but like I, that was how I was able to relate to that. I was like, what would that be like if that were me? And, you know, come back and trying to figure out the history of what was going on, like, you know, who they were and all you had was this picture with a room key, you know? And that was, that was once I kind of latched on to that and found that personal emotional element that helped me figure out where I wanted all the characters to go. So I ended up with this, you know, I'm, and of course I don't know how to do happy stories, but you know, like I ended up <laughs> making like this, like really miserable story, but like, you know, it, it, I, I did that because it, it affected me. Like, yeah. you know, I remember this is the only time this has actually ever happened, but like the first time I watched like the final cut of the movie, I sat down, like, you know, sat down in my living room and like just did like a screening, like, you know, to, to, to decide, is this done? And uh, it made me cry pretty hard at the end. Um, <laughs> it was just the emotional component. The movie is yeah. not that good. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, like that, that's, that's sort of where that came from. Um, I kept a little bit of the, uh, the, the original comedic elements in there. Like the, there was, there was a, uh, it was much funnier in the original version, but there, there was a woman that hired a, uh, a clown prostitute yeah. at one point. Yeah. That, that was, that was the thing. She's <laughs> like, I want you to dress up like a clown, but it was much goofier in the original one. And this one I was like, let's just make it kind of creepy, sexy. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, like I, it was, that was, a that, that it was a very, I mean, I think everything, you know, I don't care what kind of artist you are. Like, you know, everything you make is definitely personal, but that one oh, was yeah. very intensely personal at that time. Um, anyway, that's sort of roughly where that came from. I'm, I'm glad that the, the narrative structure worked for you. Like I, I always kind of question, I'm like, am I being too pretentious here? But like, you know, like it made sense to me. So I liked it, but uh, I, I, like I said, I have trouble looking at it now. So thank you for going back and watching it again. Oh, no problem. Um, yeah. It's uh yeah it, it's one of those where like it's actually streaming on Amazon Prime and everybody's like oh it's not like yeah that's cool don't watch it but you know mm-hmm. there it is so um but yeah no that that was a uh, yeah that that one that that one was uh was like at least at that time it still is you know pretty important to me cool well I mean you did mention earlier that you have a, a couple of other projects you're uh, working on right now um mm-hmm. any of them uh, coming close to uh, fruition that we can probably yeah. look out for? Um, yeah, I, there is a, uh, the next feature, which, uh, we shot a while back, uh, but it's, uh, called emergence. And that one has been, 
Oh, like three terrors. Uh, I, I have this. I have this. I'm the next one. I'm definitely breaking out of it. But I had this uh, trend where, like, on all three of my features thus far, I've hit some pretty monumental uh, speed bumps in post production. Um, I guess uh, whatever cards on the table. But uh, it, it was a um, like you know uh, shade of gray. Getting the sound mix was yeah. Like I bounced between like four or five different people before we finally you know were able to get a sound mix because we had like you know the location audio was all. Just like the gear, we didn't know until after we shot was messed up. Again, learning experience, first film. Um, so I had to like ADR the majority of it, and that you know took post production like way longer than planned. Uh, three tears, uh, edit was very difficult, but also like you know there were you know a fair amount of effect shots that I had to outsource, and uh, the uh, um, again I, the, the sound mix, uh, the, my regular sound mixer, he took a new job, and I had to like you know in the middle of like as we, or as we we're about to start, I had to go find another one. So like there was there was a you know post-production plans just changed and caused delays. So that was a long road to get done. Um, same thing. Some of the uh, effects and sound that we're working on, on, on emergence have been, have gone through some uh, roadblocks. Uh, actually, I'm sitting here talking about it, but we haven't officially announced the movie yet. So it's not like, Oh, it's there. And now it's delayed, but you know, like uh, we're yeah. whatever. We're, I'll talk with you about it, Brian, but we, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, it, it's it's one I'm really really excited about and very anxious to get out there. Um, like I said, had had a few delays, but uh, the goal is to have that out as soon as possible this year. We're just trying to figure out some of the, like the final post elements, but the the movie's all done and put together, and it's it's I'm it's one I'm particularly proud of. It's a uh, a my uh, good friend Joe Atkinson wrote the script for this one, and it's awesome. But uh, it's uh, got a it's about a serial killer who it's about the relationship between him and his first victim. Okay. Um, and it it's uh, mm, I don't want to give anything away, but yeah, it's it, it's really just about uh, like the origin story of a serial killer picking his first victim, and mm. uh, just about you know their dynamic because it doesn't happen easily. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's different cause it's not a horror movie. You know, we're like, Oh, cool. It's a horror movie. Like, no, it's you know, I hate that. psychological thriller. That's art house term for horror movie, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's like silence of the lambs. This, you know, that's a psychological thriller. So we can get the Oscar. It's a horror movie. Come on. But anyway, um, but, but, but this one is really more about like, uh, the relationship dynamics than it is like the actual, like act. Like there's very little, oh, okay. I don't, I, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away, but, uh, th- this one is, I think pretty powerful I, and I'm hoping it works uh, for audiences, but uh, yeah, that one, that one's something to look forward to. Um, I, I have a couple other ones that I, not to be vague or whatever, but uh, I, I have two scripts that I'm, I'm toying with which one I want to make next. I'm hoping to get one of those into production this year. That's sort of a, okay. I guess you could say new year's resolution or, or goal is to you know <laughs> get emergence uh, out and get the next one like in front of cameras. So um but I, uh, I've done a couple of things uh, in between there. Like I had a, uh, I did a, a short segment in that, uh, the first anthology, uh, in the anthology series, Volumes of Blood. I did a short in the first one for that. And uh, I just released a new short film online, actually, the other week uh, called Infectious. It was a short that I shot. So, yeah, that's been on the show for a minute, uh, a little over a year ago. Okay. A year, year and a half. And we, uh, it was part of a larger project that um, – hit a few stalls and I, you know, come New Year's, I was like, I'm putting it online, you know, cause I, I it, it's been sitting there done. And I was like, I, I just want, you know, everybody that worked on it, I was like, I want to show this off. So I was like, start the new year with a new short. So I put a new 
uh, short that was originally part of a larger anthology. That, that, that's online now. And um, uh, right now, I'm actually, I, I've been taking a bit of a break doing some theater. I actually apparently got talked into acting into something. I acted in uh, a local play here in Evansville. Uh, well, it was David Mamet's Oleana. It was an underground uh, production of that. Okay. So I was in that, and now I'm directing uh, an underground uh, stage version of Killer Joe. So I'm pretty... Okay pretty excited about that because that's like one of my favorites <laughs> so um we're deep in rehearsals on that right now and it's going to open uh, mid-february so uh trying to trying to keep busy but I'm, I'm very anxious to get back to uh like a full feature mm-hmm. um well yeah definitely uh yeah i would definitely be interested in watching emergence when uh you have that ready to show and uh, oh yeah, you, yeah you'll, you'll be you'll be on the first set of screener <laughs> list so totally yeah Definitely want to uh, watch that. And uh, before we before we wrap things up, um, you you mentioned that Shave Gray is on Amazon Prime. Where can uh, where can people uh, watch uh, Three Tears on uh, Bloodstained uh, Flesh? Uh, it is uh, available now everywhere DVDs are sold from Unearthed Films. Uh, so I mean, yeah, Amazon, Best Buy, Target, Walmart, Choose Your Poison. Like you know, go online wherever you go online to buy movies. It's everywhere um, in a pretty stacked two-disc uh, collector's edition. Like, uh, I think, oh, what did I, th- I think if you count the commentary, there's like over eight hours of bonus features on that thing. We oh, got like wow. a really awesome behind <laughs> the scenes. There's like a, a huge, way too long gag reel to show how many times we messed up. There's like, oh man, I, I could just grab one of the DVDs and read all the crap on the back. But there's like a handful <laughs> of... Uh, what what we have like oh 21 deleted and extended scenes three short films including obsolescence that's on there four music okay. videos uh audition videos and then a couple commentaries but uh yeah that, that dvd is available everywhere uh, it should be on uh, it's not on amazon or uh i think it's supposed to be on amazon and google play soon uh there was a yeah it, it, it should be streaming shortly but the dvd is available now so, okay. Um, yeah, I, it it's funny because of the fact that uh, earlier today, before we before we uh, got to talking, I actually uh, Cindy Maples, who you had uh, been in her film Random with, mm-hmm. uh, she she's actually in town uh, doing editing on her new film. So I oh, cool. so I went over there to uh, meet her and uh, got to talking and stuff like that. We did a little impromptu uh, interview. Uh, we I got oh, nice. to see a bit of her editing her new short film. And yeah, they uh, and her husband, uh, Rusty uh, James, and then Jim Dougherty, who is doing the editing, uh, they they got to talking about uh, Three Tears and uh, the bonus features oh, wow. and stuff like that too. So yeah, that was that was pretty... It, it was pretty interesting how this weekend ended up and the fact that I ended up getting to talk to you guys, both of you guys separately, but on the same day is really, was really fun. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. Um, on that note, uh, thank you for joining me. It was really great to uh, right. talk to you and uh, hear, hear what you had to say about, uh, about your film history, about your, your creative process. It was definitely a lot of fun. Oh, thanks, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure as always talking with you. Oh, no problem. And yeah, we, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely send emergence my way. I'm definitely, I'm just based on your basics, 
uh, plot premise. I'm very interested in seeing what that film has in store. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to share it with you. Like I said, you'll you'll be on the, uh, the first part of the list of people to get to see it. So, thank you very much to Jacob Belinsky for uh, joining me today. It was a lot of fun talking to him and hearing him uh, talk about his 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 film career and uh, what what's inspired him along the way. Uh, if you want to check out some of uh, Jacob's work, you can go to his YouTube page for uh, Cinefreak S. C-I-N-E-P-H-R-E-A-K Pictures and uh, check out some of his films there. And uh, thank you for joining me again for the Sonic Cinema Podcast. This is Brian Scuttle and until next time, thank you. (laughs) 